What's going on, everybody? Elliot Shore Parks here of Sports Radio 94 WIP, here to talk about the Eagles with the bi-weekly training camp show. Lots happened since Friday. Of course, the Eagles had two practices, one at the link, both with pads on, and I thought we got a good chance to really learn a lot about the team. So let's dive right into it. Let's talk about Sunday's practice. The Eagles had their first practice at Lincoln Financial Field on Sunday night. It was Nick Sirianni, and honestly, I mean, a lot of the second-year players, and obviously the rookies, chance to get in front of some fans. Obviously, last year, no fans. So it was a good environment. The Eagles say there was about 25,000 people there. The lower bowl was completely filled, and I really thought the fans being there added a uh, another level of competitiveness and just emotion to the practice overall. So I thought it was a good chance to get a real good look at what this team has looked like. And there were some obvious takeaways. I mean, look, the offense continues to struggle. There's just no getting around that. The offense has not looked good the last few practices, and they did a lot of team drills in Sunday night's practice. Uh, Jalen Hurts was on the field for 33 team reps, his second highest of training camp, and the second one was only 34. So pretty much uh, matched his max effort he's put out so far in terms of team reps at training camp. And he was okay, I would say. He finished the night 15 of 19, one touchdown, no interceptions. Accuracy wasn't as much an issue for him as it kind of has been throughout other practices. He did have a chance at one point to get Dallas Goddard in the end zone for a touchdown, just put it up too high for Goddard, which is hard to do because Goddard's tall with a long wingspan and is a great athlete. So he's really able to go up and get those 50-50 balls, but Hertz just put it too high and he wasn't able to get it to him. So that was one throw that noticeably Jalen Hurts missed. But he had some great throws as well. One thing he did really show is he's starting to give his receivers chances to go up and make plays on the ball. And you could say, well, the receivers aren't that great. Maybe you shouldn't do that. And I wouldn't fight you that hard on it. But ultimately, in the NFL, you're not going to have wide open windows. This isn't like Oklahoma and Alabama where the guys he's throwing to, you know, four or five yards of separation sometimes down the field. You're going to have to give guys chances. And he gave guys chances to do that. He had one really nice throw down the right sideline to Travis Fulgham, uh, probably about 40 yards, put it over the outstretched fingertips of Darius Slay and right into Fulgham's hand. So that was one of his better throws uh, from the pocket in an 11-on-11 drill. Had a really nice touchdown pass to Jalen Hurts, took the ball, rolled out to his left, pointed to, to uh, not to Jalen Hurts, pointed to Quez Watkins down the field. Quez saw him, went down, Jumped out, jumped Anthony Harris at the one yard line to pull in the touchdown. Uh, and those are two guys that work together a lot throughout the offseason. A lot of the videos you would see of Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins was there too. He just wasn't, you know, he wasn't Devontae. He wasn't getting the attention that Devontae was. But you could see the work that they've put in together is really starting to pay off. And it's things like that. It's the chemistry to be able to, you know, they're looking at each other and he's saying, like, go deep. And Quez listens and it pulled, pulled it in for a touchdown. Another really nice throw he had was, again, to Quez Watkins in the end zone. Now, this was during a one-on-one drill, but 50-50 ball in the end zone, put it up. Quez goes up and gets it. Uh, It almost gets tipped, but Quez is able to hold on to it and bring it down. So definitely some positives. The, The most important drill of the night, though, I thought gave a good look of where the Eagles offense is right now. So probably about 10 minutes left in practice. Nick Sirianni pulls the whole team together talks to him, all the backups, third stringers go to the sidelines, 11 on 11, offense versus defense, ball starts on the 35-yard line, 
It was a, a two minute drill. The clock was running and the offense was only okay. Let me pull up my, uh, my plate sheet for how it went. First play was a run. Next play, completion to Miles Sanders. Then you had the long completion to Travis Fulgham. But after that, they really kind of started to sputter. They had an incompletion of Zach Ertz over the middle, a very short complete, completion to Boston Scott, a missed attempt to, to Boston Scott, a penalty, a short completion to Fulgham, an incompletion to Reger. And then the last play, with about five or six seconds left, they were probably about 10 or 15 yards out of the end zone. Jalen Hurts rolls to his left, looking for somewhere to go, and just rolls out of bounds. So not a great decision from uh, from the rookie quarterback, or feels like a rookie, but his second-year quarterback. Um, but it was, you know, if he was, I guess in that instance, you have to throw it up considering the timing. I don't know in a real game if that's what he would have done. You would hope that in a real game. That's not what he would have done. You don't ever want to see him run out of bounds as the clock expires, obviously. So there's not a great showing from the offense on that drive, but I think it gave a good look of where they are at right now, just in the way that they ran one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten snaps. And well, if you include the penalty. So nine plays, ten, ten snaps or times at the line of scrimmage, and really only one long play, and that was a completion to Fulgham. So that's kind of what they've been so far. A lot of short attempts, a lot of inconsistencies, not you know completing the ball four, five, six times in a row. But they have been able to make plays down the field. And I think that's because Jalen Hurts throws a great deep ball. Now, the reason I think in a game this could be an effective strategy is because they're going to uh, – the ball is going to be around the line of scrimmage quite a bit, whether that's because they're running it, wide receiver sque- screens, jet sweeps, you know, uh, bubbles, all those things. Like they're going to run plays around the line of scrimmage. And if they can be successful with that and the defense is constantly running towards the line of scrimmage, that's a great opportunity to go deep. And Hurts can definitely throw the deep ball. So after Saturday's practice, which we will get into in a second, Sunday was a step in the right direction. But ultimately, the offense is still having trouble moving the ball. Let's talk about Saturday. So Saturday, this is my ninth training camp. I've probably charted and been to 150 or so, and I don't remember every single one, but I don't remember ever seeing an offense struggle the way the Eagles offense did on that Saturday. I mean, the last, the last few plays of that were just incompletion, incompletion, incompletion. Every pass Hertz was throwing seemed to be getting knocked down by a defender. Now that's not all on Hertz, right? The wide receivers have to create separation they have to get open and they have to win contested catches. So that's just the reality of it. The receiver has not been good enough, but ultimately Jalen hurts holds the blame and the, uh, he holds responsibility to make sure the offense moves and seeing so many bad, bad uh, passes down in practice. It was just, it was concerning. If you're an Eagles fan watching that, if you were one of the, I don't know, thousands, thousands fans that gets to go in and watch it, it had to be concerning. And I think Nick Sirianni, had to be concerned too. Of course, he's not going to say that, right? But he's an offensive coach. He's here to make the offense better. He's here to make the quarterback better. And it was a defensive domination. The defense just absolutely dominated the offense. And so for them to bounce back a little bit on Saturday, I thought was was a good showing and at least was a, a step in the right direction. But I've now there's now been 10 practices. I would say the defense has won at least nine of them. And I'm being generous in saying the offense might have won one. I think overall the, the defense might be undefeated. And the, there's a few reasons for that. One is they have veteran guys on the defensive side of the ball. You look at the defensive line, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, all veterans. Secondary, Darius Slay, 
uh, Steve Nelson, Anthony Harris, all veterans, linebacker, Eric Wilson, pretty much a veteran, right? So they do have a lot more experience, whereas on the offensive side of the ball, Jalen Hurts, pretty much a rookie. The receivers, Travis Fulgham, Greg Ward, Jalen Rager, Quez Watkins. Uh, John Hightower hasn't been out there, but when he's been out there, he's obviously the young player. Uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, the running backs, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell, Carrion Johnson. There's just not a lot of experience on the offensive side of the ball. So when you combine the lack of experience on the offensive side of the ball with the fact that it is the offense normally is ahead of the defense early on in training camp, although it's not that early anymore, but still, you know, at the beginning of at the in training camp, the offense is normally ahead of the defense. You combine those things with the fact that you are going against a quality uh, veteran defense, and you can see why the defense would be ahead of them at this point. So let's talk about the defense for a little bit because we didn't really get into that uh, in the last show. But I think it's an underrated topic, and I understand why everybody wants to talk about the quarterbacks and the offense and all those things. But I think this defense has a chance to be pretty good, and I'm seeing some real positives from them out there. Now, it could just be they're going against the Eagles offense, but I think there's a lot of talent there. When, when, when the Eagles signed uh, Steve Nelson, I said they thought they could be one of the top five, top ten cornerback duos in the NFL, and you're seeing that. You're seeing they're just not getting beat very deep. Steve Nelson's been beat more than Darius Slay has, but ultimately, I mean, Steve Nelson has been the number one or the number two corner out there, starting outside corner for ten practices, and I can only think of two or three plays where he's been really beat deep. So he is he he has been pretty productive overall. But Darius Slay and Steven Nelson, I think, are having good camps. Anthony Harris did get beat by Quez Watkins for that touchdown. But outside of that, I haven't really noticed him outside of a few pass deflections. And for a safety, sometimes that's really all you can ask for. You don't want to constantly be seeing your safety because that probably means he's being beat. He's not going to be consistently making plays up at the line of scrimmage. You know, I guess interceptions, but they're just not throwing the ball towards him a lot. So I think Anthony Harris having a good camp. Eric Wilson, the linebacker. Coming out from Minnesota, where he put up big numbers last year, still an unproven commodity, you know, an unproven player, but he put put up big numbers in Minnesota last year, and he's had a really good start to training camp this year as well. On Saturday's practice, he had an interception. Jalen Hurts took the ball, rolled out to his right, looked like he was thinking about running, and I had a good angle because I was on the sideline kind of like right behind him, so I could see what he was seeing. And I don't know why he threw the ball, but there was two defenders kind of in a line between him and I think he was targeting Fulgham. It was either Fulgham or Ertz. And Hertz threw the ball. Eric Wilson backed off a little bit to bait him into throwing it and then jumped the pass and picked it off for his first interception. And then he's also he was also the linebacker that stripped the ball away from Miles Sanders for the only official fumble of training camp. So Eric Wilson's had a good start. The defensive line, though, is really what's going to make this defense special. And I think you I think it's been a lot, there's been a lot of positives from them. Uh, Josh Sweat, if not the biggest star of training camp, certainly the biggest star on the defensive side of the ball. He is consistently getting to the quarterback. He's making plays against the run. He's batting balls down in practice. He's batting uh, balls down at the line of scrimmage. So even when he's not getting there, he's using his long arms to reach up and knock the passes down. He's been incredibly impressive. Javon Hargrave, someone who basically whenever anybody comes to training camp, it stands out to them how good Javon's looked. And I think that makes a lot of sense. When you look at the fact that last year he missed pretty much his entire off season, he missed, well, cause of COVID he did miss the entire off season. Uh, then he missed training camp because of an upper body injury. 
And it started the season off slow. Didn't have a great start, missed week one, was out there week two, and just was slowly getting uh, getting back. But then by the end of the season, I think you saw the player that he could be, and that he can be an impact player. And now that he's fully healthy, he's had a full year here in Philadelphia. He even talked about the fact that now he feels more comfortable going in the locker room because he knows people. And just going to work every day is a more enjoyable experience. So he seems to be in a better place, and you can see it on the field just how dominant he can be, especially next to Fletcher Cox, right? We know Fletcher Cox is going to draw the attention of double teams. And if he has a single single man blocking him, he's almost always going to beat him. So if Hargrave can be that impact pass rusher next to, uh, next to Fletcher Cox, this Eagles defensive line is going to c- consistently collapse pox- pockets up the middle. So defensive line has been really good. Add everything up with what I think is going to be at the very least, I'm trying to think of the perfect word here because interesting doesn't sound like a positive, but I do mean it that way. The the interesting and kind of a complex coaching of Jonathan Gannon, I think you're going to see a lot of multiple fronts from them. You're going to see the the, uh, the 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 line move around quite a bit. They've been doing a lot of three four with a stand up edge rusher. Those got the rushers have been Jannard Avery and Joe Osman, so you know not exactly proven commodities there. But I think that uh, with Jim Schwartz defense, offenses kind of knew what to prepare. Darius Slay was going to follow the number one cornerback. There wasn't going to be a lot of blitzing. The front four was going to be the what Jim Schwartz relied on for uh, to create pressure. And I think Jonathan Gannon is going to be a little more complex than that. And I think that's going to help the defense, but especially with the talent that they do have in the, in the secondary, I think he can get real creative with the front seven in terms of blitz, pa- blitz packages and those type of things. So if you look at the Eagles, early schedule they go up against uh atlanta um san francisco dallas i believe the chiefs are week four carolina so they they do have you know obviously chiefs have a great offense cowboys have a great set of offensive players if Dak is healthy or even last year we saw what andy dalton did to him uh san francisco kyle shanahan's good offensive coach it's either going to be garoppolo or trey lance so presumably better than the eagles number three quarterback right now nick mullins that played for them last year and then, of course, we know Atlanta still has weapons. Calvin Ridley, uh, Kyle Pitts, Matt Ryan's a good quarterback. So there will be tests early on for this defense. But if they can be a defense that holds teams in the low 20s, you no, know, I, I think that the, the Eagles – look, I think the Eagles are going to be a double-digit win team. I'm a little shaky on that after seeing them practice 10 times. But my prediction has been double digits, and I am sticking with it. So I think the defense is going to play a large role in that. I think they're really going to be uh, much better than they were last year. So been very impressed with the defense as the offense kind of starts to come along slowly. So let's speaking of the offense, uh, let's get into some of the training camp stats that I've been keeping. And then of course, I want to get to your Twitter questions for the last few minutes uh, for everyone that was nice enough to tweet me one. Um, All right, let's look at the receiver. So one thing that really stands out in the receiving stats is that when you look at the top guys, so Tyree Jackson, Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott, Stoll, so one, two, three, four, five, their top six options on offense have been all tight ends and running backs. And then it's Quez Watkins, uh, Osborne, who's third string, so he barely even counts in terms of what the first team offense is doing, and then Sanders, and then Reger. So the top receiver right now is 17 targets and 10 practices. And think about that. That's pretty wild. Like they're consistently throwing the ball to their tight ends. Tyree Jackson, 32 targets. Dallas Goddard, 26 targets. Zach Ertz, 24. Kenny Gainwell, 23. Uh, Boston Scott, 21. Like 
they are the quarterback, and the, those are all pretty much first team. I mean, uh, Tyree Jackson's been getting second team reps, but the first and second string offense has been pretty consistently just checking it down. And I, like I like I started off the show talking about, I think that's why you're going to see a lot around the, the beginning of the of the line of scrimmage, and then they're going to take a few deep shots every once in a while. But the top of that list was Tyree Jackson, and he has been one of, if not the best player in Eagles training camp so far. 27 catches on 32 targets. He got his first touchdown of training camp this Sunday night. And what's really impressive about him is, as a former quarterback, you would you would expect he'd be okay getting open because he knows defense. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. He knows defenses. He knows how to read what they're in. He knows how to find the soft spot in the zone. But what's been very impressive about him is, he catches basically everything thrown his way. And for a guy that played quarterback, you wouldn't expect him to have the hands that he does. But again, 32 targets, 27 catches, only five incompletions, not a single drop. And at six, seven with long arms, you know, part of playing, you can be tall, but you have to know how to use your height. You have to know how to get up. You have to know when to use it. And he does a great job of that. So it's been incredibly impressive. Uh, hold on one second, sorry. <coughs> my apologies, my apologies. Um, it's been incredibly impressive watching him learn the position. And I think that he's going to be a lock to make the roster, but I think you could see him contribute. Like if I'm the Eagles and I'm figuring out my final 53, he has to be on it. And if Zach is going to be here, if Dallas Goddard's going to be here, then Richard Rodgers can't be like flat out. Then I think you have to keep Tyree Jackson unless you're going to keep four tight ends. And honestly, I think Stoll has had a good enough training camp where I consider keeping him over Rodgers. If you have Ertz and Goddard, there's no need for Rodgers. It just flat out isn't. So I wouldn't have it in my 53. Goddard uh, is number two, 22 catches, 26 targets. Dallas Goddard is having one of the more quiet training camps you could have for having the type of numbers he does. He has one touchdown, but he just hasn't made a lot of big plays down the field. You've seen Ertz do that a little bit more, and that could just be the plays that are being called. I'm not saying that's a negative towards Goddard. But 22 catches on 26 targets, I would think I'd be noticing him a, a little bit more for having those type of numbers. Um, Zach Ertz, third, 17 catches, 24 targets. It's been interesting watching how they've used him. He's gone downfield a little bit more than he has throughout his time with the Eagles and certainly even early on in his career. He's never been viewed as a deep threat. So for him to get, you know, I think he has at least two catches of over 20 yards, if not more, has certainly stood out. The idea that he's done as a player is just the silliest thing in the world. And I think he's going to be, if he's on the roster and it looks like he's going to be, I think he'll be a big part of the offense. Um, Quez Watkins, 14 catches, 17 targets, four touchdowns, two of which, or sorry, one of which came on Sunday night in, in, in the team drill. What's impressive about him is he was all speed last year. Last year, Quez, as a rookie, came in kind of un, uh, underdeveloped, I would say, as a route runner and like the intricacies of a receiver. But he had speed, so he was still able to – we saw what he did against the Cardinals, and he had a big catch down the field against Dallas. So he was still able to get open. But now that he is a better route runner, you can really see how much that's adding with his speed is making him an impact receiver. 14 catches, 17 targets. The 14 catches are the most of any receiver in training camp, 17 targets the most. Now, part of that's because he's getting reps with different teams, but ultimately he's doing the best job in camp of just getting open. When other guys have not been able to get open, Quez has pretty much consistently done it. And again, I think it's because he's improved as a route runner. He's been able to win at the line of scrimmage. And when you do that, you're going to be open a lot more if you have that type of speed. Um, 
All right, let's look at the running backs really quickly. So Miles Sanders has the most, let me sort this, sorry, total touches. So I've been sorting, I've been charting the carries and the catches from the running backs. Miles Sanders, 49 total touches, the most of any running back in training camp. Uh, 34 carries, all of which with the first team. 15 catches, again, all with the first team. Uh, but what's interesting is Boston Scott's right behind him. And I know Miles, I know Miles is gonna be the number one running back. I know he'll be out there week one, snap one. But Boston Scott, 24 carries, basically all with the first team. 18 of them have come with the first team. 18 catches, the most of any running back besides Kenny Gainwell. And Kenny Gainwell's, you know, getting reps on all three teams. So he's getting a lot more chances. So Boston Scott, 42 targets, uh, just seven less than Miles Sanders. Now, part of that could be. They don't want to give Miles a lot of work. They want to make sure he's ready for week one. He didn't play a lot or basically at all last year in training camp because of an, if I believe it was an ankle in, or a hamstring injury that ended up costing him week one. But it's been kind of 50-50. And when you think about the fact that there is a new coaching staff, they're going to throw the ball to the running backs a lot. Miles Sanders dropped, I think it was eight and a half, eight and a half percent of his targets uh, in his career. Boston Scott's only a little over 1%. I could see a world where Boston's getting on the field quite a bit and getting a lot of targets and kind of eating into Miles Sanders' touch a little bit. Whether that's the right call, I don't know. I think Miles is a dynamic running back. He know We know he has big playability. But the coaches, uh, you know, you see this. They play the guys they trust. Like, Miles is a better running back, in my opinion, than Boston Scott. But he does fumble it and he does drop it. And that drives coaches crazy. So I could see a world where Scott gets on the field quite a bit. Uh, on Johnson, a guy they picked up this year, a lot of fans were excited about 29 total touches, 19 carries, 10 catches. Hasn't really been with the first team offense at all. None of his carries have come with the first team offense. 18 of his 19 carries have been with the second team. Uh, and then the catches, I think he has a catch with the first team offense, but he's not carried the ball with the first team offense. In fact, the only four running backs that have are Sanders, Scott, Jordan Howard, and Kenny Gainwell. So could be an indication of what the Eagles are looking for, of who they're going to keep. But uh, when I look at this running back depth chart, I say Miles Sanders and Boston Scott are locks to make the team. Kenny Gainwell, pretty much a lock just because of the fact that he, he was a draft pick. They're not going to cut him in his first year, and they're certainly not going to expose him to waivers. So uh, I do think he'll be a lock to make the roster. So Sanders, Scott, Gainwell, on Johnson, the fact that he hasn't had any first team reps is a little eye-opening. Um, he's looked good out there. He hasn't made any like big noticeable plays, but he also hasn't fumbled the ball and he does look quicker than I expected. His knee looks healthy, which of course is a big deal coming off the injuries he dealt with in Detroit. So I think he's a lock to make the team or about as close as you can be to a lock. So I would put those four definitely on. Now, do they carry five? Now we talked about the tight ends already with Tyree Jackson. Tyree Jackson deserves a roster spot more than the Eagles fifth running back. Like Jordan Howard and, and Huntley, uh, I would say have not been as good as Tyree Jackson has. So you could go four tight ends, four running backs. But if you go three tight ends, and I think there's a chance they go five running backs. They have shown in the past they're willing to carry five running backs, especially because Huntley could be a kick returner for them. And that could give him the edge over Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard, not really a, spe a great special teams player. Huntley has elite level speed. And that's sh shown also on offense. When when. He takes off. You can tell it's him carrying the ball. So I could see him getting the final roster spot at running back over Jordan Howard. But Killens isn't going to make the team. Holyfield's not going to make the team. They're barely getting any action. Killens has 10 total touches. Holyfield has nine. Holyfield's been just 
completely non-existent. You don't really see him at all. And when he does have the ball, he doesn't stand out. So that's kind of what the receiver running back position is looking like. Real quick, before we wrap this up, I do want to try to get to some questions. So this one's from Funk Betts, uh, and he said, you're, where are you, what are you most looking forward to during the first preseason game? Which, of course, happens this Thursday. Then I'll be back on Friday at 4 o'clock to talk about that. So what I'm looking forward to most is seeing Nick Sirianni and what he's like on game day. He's never been a head coach on a sideline. He's never called plays. Seeing how he does that, you know, I know it's preseason, but clock management challenges those type of things like how does he do with that game uh game calling or play calling is he going to run the ball more is he going to be more of a, a passer pass first head coach and then how much do these guys play is he going to put jalen hurts out there is he going to have the first team offensive line out there brandon brooks practice for the first time on sunday i think that could be a sign that he's starting to ramp things back up to get into a preseason game so will that come on thursday night so i think all eyes are on sirianni on the defensive side of the ball again gannon as well Never been a coordinator, so some of the same elements there. How does he call the defense? Are there issues with substitutions? How multiple are they? Those are things I'm going to be looking for on Thursday night. And then, of course, as always, Jalen Hurts, if he's out there, is the main thing to look at. How's he looking? How's the accuracy? Those type of things. So I will be back on Friday after the game night on uh, on Thursday night. Friday at 4 o'clock, we'll go over everything that happened, who helped their stock, who hurt their stock. Who, who got a roster spot, who hurt their chances of making one, and all those things. So once again, I appreciate everyone that took the time to listen to this. This is Elliot Shore Parks of Sports Radio 94 WIP with the Eagles Training Camp Show, and I will talk to you guys on Friday.